0: It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 197, entitled To Add or Not To Add. It was recorded on Monday, the 21st of February, 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and today on the show, I am joined by three lovely guests. We've got Taco Verdenshot from Yoast, we've got Sabrina Zidane from XWP, and we've also got Jen Harries from Anfira. We're going to talk about WordPress, we always do, and this week we're going to be talking about the block navigation. I did a podcast with some automaticians about it, so we talk about that. But we also, more broadly, talk about whether or not anybody is ready to really carry out a full site editing job on their WordPress website, or whether they're still reliant on other tools, page builders, and so on. We talk about ad blockers. This is the main conversation today. We talk about whether or not we should be allowing ads to creep into our WP admin and increasingly inside the block editor. Is that a good thing? A bad thing? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Well, find out what the panel think about that. And should you have the rights to be forgotten on the internet? Google expunging any records they may have about you. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by Cloudways. Cloudways provides the ultimate managed WordPress and WooCommerce hosting solutions. Easy setup allows you to get started in minutes. Focus on your business and say goodbye to hassles. Get started with our three-day free trial To enjoy unmatched performance, superb uptime, and 24 7 active support. Find out more at cloudways.com. Hello, hello, hello. I say hello a lot, so. Hello, settle down. Hello, everybody. We are back for episode number 197. I can't believe it's that many of the This Week in WordPress show. I'm Nathan Wrigley, and I'm joined this week by three utterly fabulous guests. I must make sure that I read out their, their, do you know what I nearly said? I nearly said read out their obituaries, <laughs> which, which is really not what I intended to say. Uh, read out their bios correctly at the beginning, but just very, very briefly joined by three people, Taco, as you can see, and Sabrina, as you can see, and Jen. Jen, just before we begin, I don't want to butcher your name because we've never <laughs> spoken before, but I'm assuming you're Jen.
1: Yes, yes, hey. I am.
0: Okay. In which case, I'll go around, do a little round-robin, and introduce all three of you one at a time. So, firstly, welcome to Taco. Taco is one of the six co-hosts of this show, and Taco is a community manager, or manages the community at Yoast, which includes awesome areas like sponsoring the Yoast Diversity Fund and the Yoast Care Fund. Uh, He's deputy on the WP community team, which he says in brackets is slightly dormant, organizer of the WordPress meetup in a place whose name I'm going to mention. Nijmegen. Close. Nijmegen. Okay, I was nowhere near. Be honest. Um, he joined the WordCamp Netherlands 2022.org team just last week. And according to the bio, he hasn't told his wife yet. So let's hope that she's not watching <laughs> just at <laughs> yes, this it. moment. How are you, Taco? I'm good. Thank you. There's going to be an awful lot of TACO in the show, I think, and uh, we have talked just before the show. There's quite a lot of interest to talk about with TACO today. So second up, hello, Sabrina, how are you doing?
2: I'm good, thanks.
0: Sabrina, um, Sabrina hasn't been on the show for a little while, and I'm really glad to see her back. She's the performance engineer at XWP, content team lead at WordCamp Europe 2022. How's the XWP job going?
2: It's going very well. We're oh. making web faster each day. Nice, nice. that's why i haven't been uh, at the show it was too busy oh, faster.
0: it's okay sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do but the WordCamp europe thing i've been spying on your facebook feed the i think you've, have you been to porto twice
2: twice I... yeah it's a nice place to go yeah, of and, course. and the venue is just superiors so yeah why not
0: and you've been just sort of scouting it out and making sure everything's as it should be i'm guessing
2: yeah, uh, exploring the venue, uh, the, the main venue for social with other organizers, just making sure that everything is as planned.
0: And is everything as planned? Everything
2: is fantastic. I, just, <laughs> I, I know that I cannot be objective, you know, but yeah. for me, it everything looks just awesome. I cannot wait for June.
0: Oh, and so nice to have these in person Your face back.
3: just starts glowing when you talk about it. I like
0: that.
3: <laughs> I'm looking forward even more. Yeah, are you Taco, going to Just, wait
2: for... <sighs> just wait for June. You will be the same.
3: Yeah, it's. I. I... I'm glad to say that I have not missed a single WordCamp Europe yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm not planning on missing it this year. Oh, right.
0: now I'm caught. Oh, dear. Anyway, let's move right along and talk about uh, Jen, because Jen is here joining us for the very first time. It's very nice to have you. Jen, I said earlier that I didn't know how to pronounce your, sir- your first name, but your surname is going to present an equal problem. Is it <laughs> Harries. Harrys. Okay, thank you. So Harrys, okay. as in like, like H-A-R-R-Y-S, that sort of pronunciation. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jen is a white label WordPress developer, the owner of Anfira, which is a web access, and she's a web accessibility advocate and organizer of the Baltimore WordPress Meetup. How does that happen in this time of COVID? Have you been going online or have you gone back?
1: Uh, I actually picked up the Baltimore WordPress Meetup during COVID. Uh, WordPress sent out an email saying that uh, they were going to disband the group and stop funding it because the admins hadn't done anything in a couple of years. So they said, if you want to be an admin, contact us. And so I contacted them and I took over the group. Oh. And so we've done everything online with Zoom. We have some very popular Ask Me Anythings where we get people from not only the local area, but also all over the country. We've even gotten a few people from other countries to come visit.
0: How very cool. Well, really appreciate you joining us for the first time. I hope it's the first of many. But the three of us are going to talk about the WordPress news that's happened in the last week. Just before then, though, let's say a few hellos. Uh, Firstly, a bit of housekeeping. If you would like to comment... Um, and you're on Facebook, uh, particularly in our Facebook group, although that might be on the page as well, I'm not entirely sure, then there is a link which is embedded in the the post at the top. It's chat.restream.io forward slash Facebook. If you don't click that link, that's fine, but we won't know who you are. We'll um, We'll rely on you telling us by typing your name in. Um, But if you do click on that link and authorize it, then we can see your avatar and so on and so forth. If you would like to go and share this stream, you know, put it on to pause for a moment and go and tell the people all about it. That would be nice. We're over on wpbuilds.com forward slash live. That's probably the best place to send people. And they can use Google's chat because it's uh, a YouTube link. So good morning from Lee, who's in the UK. Lee, Lee. Matthew Jackson, I'm guessing, because he's written Trailblazer uh, there. And then we've got Rob, Rob Cairns, who joins us each week. Nice to see you, my friend. Uh, Beth, I'm guessing, uh, is somewhere in the chat, but I can't see her as yet. Uh, almost 200. 200- oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that is almost 200 episodes, isn't it? Three more to go, and we'll get over that milestone. Nathan is on a roll. Um, oh, I, I sometimes look at myself, and I feel that I'm uh, you know, getting a bit more getting a bit rounder um and what have we got here we've also got a living obituary <laughs> yeah sorry about that uh word camp europe i applied to speak at WordCamp eu hoping still might go hard to make travel decisions these days whoever you are i know exactly what your dilemma is but uh there we go let's get stuck into the main event this is our This is our website, wpbuilds.com. If you head over there, you can subscribe to the content that we produce. This is called This Week in WordPress. We do it on a Monday, and it comes out on a Tuesday. And then we do a podcast, which comes out on a Thursday, and you can find all the links just sort of down there. There's What are we on? Episode 266 of the podcast and obviously 197 of this one. Right. Let's get stuck into it this week. This is a piece over on Smashing Magazine. It's written by Leonardo Lozovic I apo- apologize, Leonardo, if I have butchered your name. We did talk about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but I just want you to go into it in, well, not in a little bit more depth, but just talk about it some more because I've got some new panelists, and I think this is a really interesting subject. Anybody who uses WordPress will realize by now that blocks are the thing, and blocks are kind of connected in most people's heads with Gutenberg. So, you know, you drop into the block editor and you drop in a block and that block can do, well, all manner of things, write a paragraph or create an image or perhaps put a piece of audio on. But recently, a chap called Joel Spolsky, and I think I've got his name right, he is the founder, or at least he's in charge of uh, Trello and Stack Exchange and a bunch of other things. Well, he's decided that he wants to do a a, a thing called the block protocol. So this would mean that blocks on any property on the internet. So again, divorce WordPress from it. WordPress blocks hopefully would work, um, but any other kind of block. So imagine like a MailChimp block worked with an active campaign block, which also worked with a Google drop, uh, Google Doc block or something in Slack or something in WordPress. The idea is that they would all be able to interoperate. And um, Leo's put this piece together this week sort of saying why he thinks this is a really nice idea. He goes into sort of the technical aspects of how it all might work. There's lots of interesting charts that if you're watching, you can see at the moment. But he also kind of makes the point that it, it'll be really a difficult thing to pull off because imagine that you own the, the the company Notion or Medium and you are in the business of getting subscribers to create their content, their whatever it may be over on your platform. Kind of, it's it, uh, Leo thinks it's going to be a bit of a hard hard push to get those people to give up their proprietary blocks um and start to make them interoperate because obviously that then sort of in a way kills their kind of commercial advantage so anyway i just thought this was a really interesting piece i don't know if you guys have got any thoughts on this but the idea of having my wordpress blocks being able to work in evernote or google docs or who knows where is really fascinating to me so i'm just going to open it up feel free to just interrupt and if you cross talk I'm sure one of you will back out and the other one can speak. So it's over to you three.
3: I already heard Sabrina humming, but um, you want to go first?
2: Sure. Everyone is so polite today. Yeah,
0: sure.
2: <laughs> Just after Nathan invited us to speak, everyone is keeping silence. That's All right. right, that's right yeah. I've gotten
0: used to it. It's funny. When I first started doing the show, those silences felt like hours like 3 uh-huh. seconds of silence as somebody doing what i do feels like but i've i've grown i've grown to love it and to understand that the silence is just the pause between people actually committing to speak so sabrina go for it
2: yeah, I like the idea very much. I also cannot see how it can work in multiple directions when, like, each service has its own blocks and they are reusable all over the internet. To to me, it sounds like a great mess. Like, uh, nothing will be developed properly. Nothing works properly. No, no unification. I'm a developer, right? So I like when everything is uh, unified, strict, and very, very easy and understand- and understandable and limited. Because as much freedom you give to user, uh, the more chances you have a mess. So I like the idea of limitations, but nice limitations. So I'm thinking, for example, to have WordPress, what we call now WordPress blocks, because uh, in a while it can be changed, maybe it will be WordPress inside blocks, not blocks inside WordPress, you know. Mm Uh, so the idea of having WordPress blocks in say MailChimp account it sounds very very attractive to me and vice versa as well to have something from Mailchimp come to WordPress naturally so you use the same interface you same the same functionality in both systems because right now it's uh, it's a must trying to set connections between between anything so I'm seeing the 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 opportunity here to replace maybe some sort of this can be the continuation of API development, uh, where APIs in general can go. I think this is very exciting.
0: The um, it's a really like we use things like Zapier or Zapier, mm-hmm. depending on how you pronounce it. That's it. you've got to go through a third-party conduit, and you've got to really set everything up to be exactly following the rules so that the correct thing happens. I have literally no idea how this would look. So if you wanted to suck something out of Mailchimp and it automatically go into a WordPress website, I don't know what that UI would look like. But I think what we're what we're just trying to describe here is just how do they talk to each other? What are the components? What are the bits? The metadata, if you like. Like, that is encapsulated in a block so that they can all speak to each other, and we'll worry about how they speak to all speak to each other on another day. Sorry, Taco, mm-hmm. I interrupted. Yeah,
3: so I think that's interesting because um, what you're describing is basically a would be a MailChimp block inside WordPress. Um, but I what I was thinking when when reading this article is we could have a Paragraph block that is the exact same thing in MailChimp and in Drupal and in WordPress. Right. And we can have an image block that you can use, like an, a hero image block, that would work the same way in all three, but not necessarily a block inside WordPress that would connect into MailChimp because that is entirely different functionality. Yeah. Um, and as a Big, big, big fan of open source. I really like the idea because open source, one of the biggest benefits of open source is that we're using our resources only once to create a thing. Mm -hmm. Once we've invented the block, why would someone else need to invent the same block if they can put that same energy into improving the existing block and then both will benefit? So the open source mindset behind the block protocol, that is brilliant. From a practical and development point of view, I have no idea. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I think you're right. Obviously, WordPress is very much involved with pushing stuff onto the, the open Internet so that you can see it or read it, or hear it, or watch it. And that is that is the purview of WordPress. It's a publishing platform, right? But yeah. the idea of connecting it to do other things... An example that comes to mind is when I've, when I've kind of embedded something from a Google spreadsheet into a Google Doc... It's there, and if I fiddle with it in the spreadsheet, it's now going to be changed on the Google Doc on the fly. I don't have to then go back and mm-hmm. sort of copy and paste it again. It's just they're, they're all interoperating. Mm-hmm. And the, the beaut- imagine the, the possibilities of that. You know, you, you might have a, I don't know, a desktop app. Replace where you do the logo,
2: your- for example.
0: Right, right, and you just swap it in one place, and on the mm-hmm. 15 different places where your logo is Twitter or uh, who knows, but, yeah, an image, it will just interoperate. Instantly percolate around the internet and that you've just got this one original source block. That's kind of where I'm seeing it going. Anyway, I realize we cut Jen out of this conversation. So Jen, have you got anything to add?
1: It's okay. Um, So I I think it's interesting, but I also think that, wow, this is going to be a mess to try to implement. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think it could actually work within possibly WordPress to start because at least then you would get some traction and some something going forward. You know, it'd be really cool if I could, you know, have a block in one website and then, you know, click it, click something in my other WordPress install and just instantly populate that block over there. That would be really cool. And it would be amazing if you could do that on like the dashboard. I mean, for a, someone who administrates a lot of different websites, it would be fantastic if I could modify something in one WordPress admin and then have it instantly populate to all of my others. Like I could have some like help documents. I publish a few different help pages for my clients and whatnot. It'd be really cool if I could just like update information about that right on their dashboard and have it instantly populate over.
0: The, 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 yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. That's got a real solid use case in the real world, hasn't it? The I think one of the things that Leo feels is that really this is only going to be able to be contributed to by by people who've got very deep pockets. Um, and that's a sort of slight concern. Um, we'll have to see how this develops. I just think it's an absolutely fascinating idea uh, in the history of creating content on the internet everything's basically in a silo and you pay a third-party company to suck stuff out of that silo and put it into another place that you may wish to have it like facebook or twitter or wherever it may be and and also i can just see the the permutations of this that are never visible so it might be i don't know banking or something you might be able to you know update banking details across multiple different platforms with the same kind of block if everything interoperates it's just a fascinating idea so that was a smashing um, magazine article. It was called Implications of WordPress Joining the Block Protocol. It's totally worth a read. It's about, about a 15-minute read, something like that, and it'll probably inspire lots of thoughts. Just a quick one. We've got a comment in here um, from WP Roadmaps. Hello. Um, he says you can't find the Facebook link to tell you who I am. I'm just going to pause the show for a while very quickly and put it on the screen. Here we go. It is uh, chat.restream.com io forward slash FB chat.restream.io forward slash FB. I hope that helps. If not, don't worry. We can, um, we can, we can probably get out of you. Um, if you stay on, if you stay over on YouTube, that's absolutely fine. Okie dokie dokie. Next piece then is going to be this one. Okay. Before we, before we get into Tammy Lister's piece, which I'll show on the screen in a minute, show of hands, Who has tried, uh, between the four of us, who's tried to build an entire website with full site editing? Um, Who's tried?
2: Tried or managed?
0: (laughs) No, tried. Managed (laughs) is the next question. So three of us have tried, Who's, who's succeeded? okay nobody nobody that was kind of that was kind of the perfect introduction so this is a piece over at extendify.com tammy lister who um i i think
3: where does she is she xwp now yeah oh,
0: yeah so she's one of sabrina's colleagues that's a coincidence mm-hmm. i genuinely had forgotten that she she wrote a piece on the extendify uh, blog and she used to work for extendify and then pre- prior to that she was an automatician who was in charge of designing the, the block editor, the actual look and feel and what have you. And, and she's raising the question about full site editing. And the piece is called Gutenberg Full Site Editing Does Not Have to Be Full. What she's basically saying is you are kind of, forgive me, Tammy, I'm not saying that you're saying this, but the piece felt to me like don't try to do too much at once. There are so many pieces coming down the pipeline at the minute. You've got the theme JSON, you've got full site editing, you've got navigation blocks and all of this hitting you in what feels like a bit of a hurricane at the minute. And her thought is don't try to do them all at once because it's certainly not going to work. And I've tried it. I probably gave it several um, hours. Taco can tell us about his experience and Sabrina and Jen if she's had a, a fiddle with it as well. Um, But I I kind of had to back out and try to achieve far less. And so Tammy's strategy is basically this. She's saying, look at all the different things you've got to fiddle with. There's the actual editing of the site. There's block-based themes you've got to worry about. There's global styles. There's the theme.json file. There's templates and template parts, site editing specific blocks, block widgets and navigation. And then you've obviously got all of your design tools as well. And so I've highlighted a little bit where basically she, she says, slow down. Don't try to do anything more than one thing at a time. And her v- advice, as you can see, if you're looking on the screen, I did in yellow. My best advice to anyone looking to start on this journey right now is to start with patterns. Patterns are sort of collections of blocks to achieve a particular design goal, I guess. Move then onto the theme.json component and try to figure that out once you've got patterns sussed. And then from there, gradually move on to whatever of the other bits and pieces that are new to WordPress makes sense for you. I think for me, it would probably be figuring out how the navigation block and all of that kind of works properly so that i could implement it but it was just interesting from somebody who's steeped in all of this kind of stuff it does feel to me as if if you try to do everything all at once at the moment and try to build a website there is potential for frustration and failure so let's go around let's start with uh, let's start with taco you were just before we started recording you you told me a very short tale about failure
3: <laughs> yeah um the backstory is that my wife started her own business uh, late last year. And um, obviously, she didn't have a lot of funds to start with and was thinking about spending money on a website. And I was like, yeah, well, I, I've been working with WordPress for eight years. I can do this. <laughs> Mind you, I haven't been a developer for almost eight years. And um, the last time I touched the uh, code of a theme, has been, well, about eight years ago. Uh, So that didn't work out to build a basic standard WordPress theme because I forgot about all the moving parts there. And I was like, wait, this full site editing is coming up. I've been playing with blocks. I can do blocks. So I installed, um, uh, that was just before uh, 5.9. So I installed the Gutenberg plugin, the latest that had the full site editing. And I started playing with that thinking, hey, I can build a site with this because, you know, I, I know how blocks work. And it got to about 60, 70%. Uh, and then I had a custom post type in there. And I got lost. I had to do something with the theme JSON. I had no experience whatsoever. I got frustrated. It took me a couple of hours in the evening and I completely destroyed everything I had. <laughs> Decided to remove it, installed Elementor, and now the site's almost ready.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And I I suspect that story is is the case all over the place and it, it isn't a question of um you not having the capacity to do it it's probably a function of time really isn't it you haven't got the, you haven't had the history with it or the time to research yeah. at the minute.
3: That and I I wanted to be nicer i mean i could have easily bought the theme adjusted some colors and then say honey here's your site this is this is your starting point mvp good to go Um, but i wanted to make it nice and and that's where i went wrong because that was
0: just yeah well, Tammy, then, is giving Sage advice, if that's the case. She, her recommendation would be go back to the beginning. And where did she say to start? What was it? Oh, back patterns. Just fill about with patterns for a bit. But obviously, if you've got custom post types and all that, there's more moving parts. And that kind of has to work, doesn't it? And I guess with Elementor, you're so used to it. It's almost like doing it in your sleep. You can just create it. And anything that's not that workflow is, is horrible.
3: Yeah. So actually, it's only the second side that I built with Elementor as well um but it's uh, it's easier um because there's so many tutorials out there there are so many videos by the Elementor team that while I pretend to be awesome to my wife because all she sees is progress all I'm doing is watching YouTube and you know doing that and asking for for help from uh, Anamika Bovelet who's absolutely awesome at elementor so
0: oh, this is yeah I, I i get it i totally sympathize with you sabrina what about you you had you, you raised your hand for trying you kept your hand down I've when tried. it was succeeding
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. i've tried but you know i'm very hopeful uh, to try again after uh, with the uh, 5.9 uh, because the navigation block what made me stuck in previous time, uh, it wasn't custom posts but navigation and menus. So I'm very, very excited to try again, and I hope that this time it will work out. I very much like the the advice coming from Temi, and it's fascinating to see this kind of advice like don't don't freak out uh, basically coming from someone who was so deeply involved into building the tool. Like um, I think it goes back to the uh, principles of well-being in WordPress community. Like Temi is not saying you have to learn this deeply you have to know this from a to z to z you you like if you don't know something you're out of the game no uh, I, uh she's saying quite opposite like take it slowly baby steps don't worry you have support and i think it represents perfectly what's happening in wordpress community in general not just in this small thing
0: mm, thank you and jen obviously you mentioned that you've got a lot of um, client websites and things. So how far have you strayed into giving the block editor a chance with your clients? Are you, are you using it for anything or is it still very much other tooling? Uh,
1: I've, I've watched a few videos on the full site editing after which I said, I'm not letting this anywhere near a client. They would freak (laughs) out. (laughs) Um, I mean, I mean, clients are like, I want to click on the text and have a cursor show up and type and the the block editor i mean i i've done some simple pages with gutenberg and it's still a fight to get something to land in the right spot and like you've always got to pull up that sidebar with the uh you know uh kind of table of contents kind of sidebar you know what i mean in gutenberg okay and you've got to always move things around in there and then you've got to pop back to one side, insert placeholder paragraph blocks, because you can't possibly drop something into an empty area. And so yeah, I right now it's it's mostly Elementor on all of the client sites because they they just can't deal with Gutenberg and its quirkiness and whatnot.
0: It's fascinating that the two of you, um, Taco and Jen, you're both sort of using Elementor. It's tried and trusted. It does what it says on the tin. The, uh, I feel like the promise in six and 5.9 going forwards with all the new videos that will be created, I feel that the promise is cool. The navigation block, I think, is really cool, especially when you sort of drill down and you look at how it actually structures it. But it also feels like a step too far for a client who probably doesn't want to see all the nested different blocks you know all the pages nested on the page they just want to know okay that's the menu that we're choosing i actually did a i sort of skipped to this bit i don't know if i've mentioned it yeah um i will mm-hmm. yeah very quickly um I did a I did a podcast episode for WP tavern this week or it came out last week Wednesday oh by the way this comes out on a Wednesday um, and it was with Dave Smith Isabel Brisson and Joel uh, Asmussen and they're all automaticians who've been working on the navigation block it's a really nice honest appraisal of where it is and I think it's fair to say that they they also know that there are problems as an example you can't you can't you can't create a sort of draft menu and sort of save that away somewhere. What you, what you create is what's going on the website. There's no ability to kind of play with something and put it away and not introduce onto the site. If you, if you create a menu, it's going on the site. So you don't get any chance to sort of fiddle around and not implement it. But uh, there's lots and lots of promise here. You know, at the minute we're tied to, WordPress themes taking control, all of that. So if you're not experienced and you don't know how to unpick all of that, what you get in the theme is pretty much what you get with all the options. Whereas with this, you could, because it's a block, you can surround it by anything. You, know, you could put two menu links on one side and then an image and then, a, I don't know, a subscribe form and then some more links, whatever. You can do absolutely anything. But the point was that they know that uh, there's work to be done to get it into clients' hands. And I think, Jen, your point is absolutely correct at the moment, isn't it? Uh, the clients are going to freak out and pro- literally break everything if you were to do all of this in Gutenberg right now.
3: Yes, so very in- much. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing is that on Yoast.com, uh, someone else is responsible for all the theming and and all the all the stuff but if i get to work with the block editor on the help pages that we have for the plugin i absolutely love it because it those blocks allow me to super easily create a site create a page that looks nicely and that does what it should do um but for me it's the the theming part and and building it from scratch that was too hard but yeah. using the block editor is so much better than what we had before.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good point. Um, Yeah, I I don't think it's there for the whole full-site editing. Anyway, the piece that we were uh, discussing there, let me just see if I can find it again. There we go. It's uh, Tammy Lister on the Extendify blogs. Um, So go to extendify.com and then click on the blog. It's called Gutenberg full-site editing. does not have to be full. And I think Tammy's words are probably wise words. Pick one thing, probably block pattern play with those and uh and take them there don't try to do everything all at once okay just a couple of quick comments um it would appear that this is uh beth beth livingston wp roadmaps i should have made the connection but no no beth we cannot see you uh we 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 just see you as facebook users still so what i would recommend is throw the computer at the wall um, <laughs> as, you know this, who knows why switch it on and off what is it they say turn it on and off again on uh, the IT crowd, uh, Rob, he's loving the block editor, and he's now playing with full full site editing. Rob, um, let us know how that goes. Let us know if, like us, you get frustrated by it, or if you have total insight and revelation, and it just works out of the box. My my experience hasn't been a hundred percent smooth so far, and Beth just says that. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, Beth. Keep going. We believe in you. By the end of the show, you'll be uh, you'll be with us. Okay, next one. Right, okay. Firstly, two pieces that are very much interconnected. This is uh, WP Mainline, which is Jeff Jeff Chandler's uh, blog. And he's written a piece uh, called I Live in a World Where an Ad Blocker Plugin for the WordPress Backend Exists. And he's referencing this piece, which is on WP Tavern. Called the Clarity Ad Blocker for WordPress announced receives mixed reactions. We'll go into those mixed reactions in a moment and get different takes because we've got some, some probably some different opinions in our little community on the show today. But he's basically saying that a guy called Stanislav Kromov, I'm going to say is his surname. Uh, he has a, a, a he's the author of something called Clarity, and he's got this idea of creating a kind of ad blocker within WordPress. So it's a plugin, and the idea being that it would simply stult, stunt the ability of your WordPress plugins from showing notifications, which you may not see as relevant. So I think everybody would see it as relevant if there was something critical. Like, I don't know, you. we really want to make it clear that we've had some kind of breach or your plugin needs to be updated. And it's much more important than the usual cycle. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, all of those kind of things, I don't think anybody's going to argue with, depending on whether or not they appear for clients, what have you. I think the, the principle here though, is more about whether or not there should be advertisements, upsells, upgrades, whatever, um, in the WordPress admin. And we've discussed this in the past um, lots and lots of times, and so Jeff was saying basically, this: how is it? How has it come to be that we we're in a world where this is, is possible? If we flip over to the T um, article on WP Tavern, it's really interesting because you get a different perspective in some of the comments. Now, I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this will the the, the instant reaction, which I'm sure Taco can confront in a minute, is. Ads, no, bad, get rid at all costs, make them go away. Can we have a notification area? Can we have a solution built into WordPress where all of this stuff lives so we don't have to see it? And, of course, it's a commercial thing, WordPress. I'm sure everybody connected with WordPress at some point would like to make some revenue and put food on the table and all of that. And so some of the people who are responsible for creating plugins have pushed back. So, for example, we have here a comment on the screen. I'm just going to quote it. Uh, It says, by creating an ad blocker, your selfish disregard for the commercial realities of open source is a delicate ecosystem, one developer wrote. In the AWP thread, if you use a free product, pay for it by tolerating a few nags. And then somebody else says, the idea of taking somebody's work product but bypassing their ads is at minimum unethical wrote another developer. Nobody is forced to capitalize on the fruit of anybody else's labor. So we, we seem to have two very distinct positions. The, the crowd, if you like, who say, no ads, WordPress is free. I don't want to be cluttered by ads. I certainly don't want my, my clients seeing all of this stuff. And then, on the other hand, we've got these people are saying, look, this is a really effective way of us turning something free into something paid. In fact, it's one of the only opportunities that we've got to, to advertise our paid superior service, superior plugin, you know, whatever. And so it seems to be some sort of pushback. Now, into that mix, we're going to throw Taco um, because as we know in the past, Yoast have um, put various different things in the platform. On this new show, we've talked about it in the past, uh, ads um, at the top, which you have to dismiss. So Taco, Go for it. The, the, the ball is in your court. I hope that you're uh, not feeling too on the spot. Oh, no, not at all. Um... He's frozen, <laughs> by the way. Is he I'm frozen sorry? for everybody else? No. Is he still moving?
1: Sometimes.
0: He's mm-hmm. okay. moving Taco, now. Taco, I can hear every word you say, but your video is currently you... frozen for me. But so long as I can hear. Oh, and you're back. You're back. That's fine.
3: Okay. So, um, I'll tell my provider I need a better connection. Um, so, the, I think it's it's a in, in one regard, a really hard discussion because there absolutely needs to be a balance between informing users that there is a paid version of a product and, in the other hand, not getting this, uh, well, uh, sort of having Times Square in your backyard. <laughs> I, I think there's, there's a lot of area between that and um, i mean i work at joast obviously it says so here and um, it's very obvious that i'm on the side of uh, having the option to at least communicate to users that there is a premium version of the product because if everyone who uses free would have this clarity plugin which would And it's slightly smarter than that because it doesn't remove all the ads, but even if it takes out like 90% of the ads, and that means that our sales of the premium plugin would go down by a lot, that would significantly affect the free product. Because we're paying developers not from the income that we generate with the free plugin. They, they need to make a living as well. So we need that paid product to be able to sustain the free one. And the challenge that we have with uh, Yoast is, obviously, we do have admin pages. So an administrator to a website sees some of them. But it's not pages that you need to visit very frequently. As soon as you set up your um your social profiles there's no need unless something changes to go into those admin pages so even though our plugin is installed an admin would only see our admin pages every so often so if that's the only place where we can have ads or can have some form of uh, upsell it's a really hard sell because how do we then tell people there is a premium version? The thing that people see all the time is the Yoast SEO MetaBox because that's when you're writing a post or a page is what gives you the information on um, how uh, your your page is doing, on how your, uh, your post is doing in terms of SEO and readability. The thing is that oftentimes admins are not the people writing the posts, they're building the site. So the people writing the posts are the editors or the authors on the site. And if we're not allowed to show that group that there is a more advanced version of the analysis they're using, then how are we selling our premium product? Because you're basically not allowing us to reach our target audience. And that's a real hard problem because we want to want to have some upsell there, but it shouldn't be intrusive. And finding that balance is is a constant battle. And our UX team, UI team, is doing that all the time.
0: That was a really nice answer. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I, it is a difficult it's a difficult tightrope to tread, isn't it? Because, as you say, if the if the commercial product directly, well, let's be honest. The commercial product enables the free product um, on yes. some level. You know, you you couldn't have a product of that magnitude for free. It's just, you know, you guys have all got to put food on the table. It's as simple as that. And and it is curious that we're in we're in a community where. There is a there is a very polar reaction to this. Um, and it's basically binary. It, it appears like anything that's at an advertisement is considered to be uh, really horrible. Um, and so even if you gently tread over that line, and presumably you guys are constantly thinking of ways to manage that tightrope without pushing too far over to one side or over to the other. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, Taco, do you have any thoughts on, because Rob mentioned it and I've mentioned it in the past, do you have any thoughts on this idea of like a a notification area within WordPress? So if I log into any one of the multitude of SaaS apps that I've got, they've very often got this, (coughs) it seems seems to always be a bell, some kind of like little bell icon and the bell icon is wobbling or there's a red dot next to it or something like that. And it's alerting me to the fact that there's stuff I need to know. Um... Do you have any thoughts on putting stuff like those inside a notification area or or is that not enough? Do you need to be in the, in the you know, the, the eyeballs need to see it, whether they go to the notification area or not?
3: Yeah, so um, then again, it differs who is your target audience. Mm. I mean, there is a, a, a very nice project uh, in development. I think it's uh, currently a core feature plugin, uh, which is WP Notify, uh, which is uh, doing exactly that. It's um, offering a place for all the notifications from all the plugins um, to be shown. And that would absolutely work well for the things that we've now built into the Yoast Notification Center. Because in in the Yoast SEO, there is a specific notification center. And those would work really well. in that wp uh, notify uh sort of general notification center if it's targeting admins but i don't think that you would want that same bell with that red icon next to it for all your authors and all your um editors on your site because it will also probably also show notifications that are either not relevant to them or you have to be able to set that for a specific role. But then the notification would be out of context. Whereas what we're trying to do now is to have a notification that says, hey, you're using this analysis. Know that there is mm-hmm. a better version of this without making it big and screamy and, and having a big <laughs> banner. And we've made that mistake. But, um, you know, it's it's trying to be right there where you would expect that extra feature to be instead of being some annoying bell in the top of your screen that's screaming for attention where you don't want to give attention to because you're writing a post.
0: Yeah, it's, so, it's, sorry, I thought you'd finished. I apologize, yeah. carry
3: on. Yeah, so I think it really depends on Um, who you're targeting, who your audience is, but also what kind of plugin you have. If you have a plugin that does caching, you don't need to annoy a user that doesn't have any rights to change any of that with a notification. Yeah. So it it really depends on the plugin whether that would work, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely fascinating. Jen, you mentioned that you've obviously got lots of these client websites, do you get any pushback on this kind of thing? Do you get people kind of, I don't know, ringing you up and saying, what on earth am I supposed to do with this? It looks like I haven't got everything. You know, they're telling me to upgrade, um, not specifically Yoast related, but with any of the multitude of plugins out there. Do Do you have any thoughts on this?
1: So I've basically taught most of my clients to just don't even read it. They just click the dismiss button. They just ignore it. Um, Don't even bring it up because I'm in your website regularly. I will see it. So they're basically taught to just completely ignore any of those notices up top. Um, Because, you know, let's say ACF wants to do a database update. No, the client should not be clicking the database update because I do a backup before I do the database update so that, you know, In the unlikely chance that something goes sideways, I can restore it. But I think that the bell is a bad idea. I mean, I can tell you on my banking app, there's a bell. I think (laughs) I check it once a year and it has like 15 notifications and I have, and honestly, none of them matter because they're like, your statement is available. You sent me an email about that. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, I mean, honestly, I have lots of apps and they have bells and I never, ever check the bells, but I also think that they shouldn't. So, I mean, there's the notifications you get on like the plugins page and on your main dashboard. And I think that those should ideally be reserved for stuff that's actually important. Like your database needs to be updated. Um, but as far as you know a plugin's own page or a plugin's own panel i do kind of agree that it's a little bit of the wild wild west it's your panel you should be allowed to do whatever you want on your panel and if it gets really offensive you're going to get a lot of really negative reviews on your plugin and that's going to be kind of a self-correcting system but it's, it's your panel. It's your plugin. It is not up to me to tell you what to do. But on the flip side, it is open source. Yes. The whole point of open source is that I can modify your stuff if I want to. Because it's open source. Yeah. So.
0: The, it's interesting, isn't it? Because in another realm where everything is free, let's say commercial television, you totally wear it like every 15 minutes along come a, a series of adverts and you may well do the, the, the equivalent of clicking dismiss. You might go off and make a cup of coffee or something, you know, and be out, just, just press mute, whatever, go and <coughs> feed the cat or something and then come back in when they're over. But they're there and they're a part of, the, they're a part of that ecosystem. You, you have a total understanding that the television doesn't get made without the ads. Without the ads, there's no telly. And and I, I just don't know where the boundary lies. Whether that boundary lies in the actual physical space that you're allowed to occupy, whether it relies on, you know, are you limited to certain number of words or are you allowed images in there? Does it have to be dismissible with a certain type of box should it be surrounded by a certain wordpress default color to indicate whether it's security or whether it's just an ad should it look in you know you see what i mean and it almost feels like we need some sort of consensus to be drawn around what these things should look like so that when it's broken everybody can go that is breaking it now and we we know that's out of bounds but that discussion doesn't appear to have been fruitful um sabrina any thoughts on this
2: I was just thinking how apartment complex uh, apartment complex are built. So when they build uh, buildings, uh, uh, yep. how, not houses, but buildings for apartment complex, yep. there are two ways to make pathways uh, around that area. First way is uh, to build them in while you're building apartment complex. So you kind of make people, here is the building, here is this, the grocery store. You kind of make people to go the way that you designed. And another way is not to make Sidewalks at all, but let people walk the shortest way, the most convenient way, the way that they prefer, and then to build a sidewalk where it's already been marked by people's footprints because they choose to to go this way and not another designed way for pre-designed way for uh, way for them. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like you just let people choose the most convenient and uh, most appropriate way t- way for them to do thing and you adopt to this. I think this is a huge challenge for all WordPress plugins and themes and everyone in, in the community, but it's just the way it is. We can't make users behave in the way we want them to behave. We just need to adopt ourselves uh, to the way they see th- the right thing. Uh, like Taco mentioned that uh, you, you, that uh, you are doing in Yoast, uh, trying to put things where are they relevant, where are they expected to be. This is this is exactly what I mean. I strongly believe in free market. I don't think we need some limitations or something like uh, strict guidelines because the WordPress uh, ecosystem is so various. For example, even like uh, to my mind, the good idea uh, might not work just because the market is so various. For example, like security, uh, we can market this is a performance issue, this is a security issue, this is a U- U- uh, UI issue, but. But first of all, who decides to where it goes? The person who decides might might not be deciding this in the right way. And then the person who sees it might not be understanding why it goes there and there. And then it's a mess again. Mm, I think the best way uh, to handle this is like naturally. Um, Like Jen said, uh, if you do it just very not like others do, You you get bad reviews because people are expecting something else. The market will tell you that you are not doing the right thing. That's very, very easy. You don't need to to guess. People will tell you.
0: It's interesting as well, isn't it? Because I I really don't know how long it takes to go to Twitter and write to the world that, you know, you've dismissed an ad. Um, It probably takes longer than... Probably takes longer than dismissing the ad, but I guess if you're doing it, you know, fifty thousand times on fifty thousand different websites, that's that's certainly interesting. I genuinely don't know what the answer is here, but I am I'm, I'm really compelled by what Taco said about sticking things in the right place, and mm-hmm. also the economic imperative of look, you know, we don't get their uh, email address. There's another good point. You don't capture their email yeah. address from wordpress.org they basically just come and you know you get something totally gratis completely for free and and in normal and you know normal website commerce you would probably capture their email at the point where they downloaded the free thing so there's another sort of impediment Mm -hmm. but i think i think some sort of consistency in the way it's done and where things are placed we've got a few comments about that coming in um where have we got uh so this is, this is Beth again. Uh, I wonder how many clicks per day are spent on dismissing notifications across all platforms would be an interesting study. Yeah, it would be. It would also be interesting to see how angry it makes people. You know, does does it really genuinely cause anger, or does it just cause that sort? Of, mm?
2: I don't think that people get angry. We we just make it this intuitively. We just close up everything, right, mm. on on all apps, just dismiss all notifications, and this is this is not a good thing because you might be dismissing something really important.
0: Right, right. Right. Good point. Um, what else have we got? So this is Max. Hello, Max. He says, annoying is relative. A bell is small and not so much in your face. So presumably liking the idea of the bell icon. Uh, and Beth again says she's got OCD. And when there are notifications showing those little red dots, she has to go and stop them and address things. Yeah. I'm a bit like that. If I see the red dot, it does kind of make me want to go and do that. Uh, Again, to taco's point, limit them to a role, so you know if you're um the administrator, how you doing this yeah mm-hmm. exactly yep um but max again, Bell or whatever, but a separate place like an inbox, yeah, that's kind of what I was meaning, like an inbox, where all of that stuff drops in, mm-hmm. um and then that argument yeah. doesn't work and then for me. I
3: think you get to the point um like the banking example, where there's a single inbox, and once a year you review yeah. your inbox. And you go like ah oh, yeah this might have been relevant yeah, yeah. Half a year ago yeah yeah I probably should have clicked this sooner and then the next year you do the exact same thing because you didn't bother because it's not the workflow you need yeah. that information somewhere else
0: i think what we should have is a little bell and when you click on the bell it plays baby shark really loudly at you <laughs> uh you know just <laughs> oh, it could be accessibility violation <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right it could be worse is all i'm saying uh max says that argument doesn't work for me it would be like leaving notifications to be defined by app developers instead apple defining the workflow interesting i don't have an answer to this but uh beth enjoys my baby shark comment there we go all right let's move on thorny issue tackled oh no i want to just throw something in let me see if i can find it let me see if i can find it i can't find it yes i can here it is um I was in communication with Ross uh with Wintle. No, oh my goodness, I've um Wintle. I've forgotten how to pronounce his surname. Hold on, let me just kind of find it quickly. Oh dear. Ross Wintle. Yeah. It's got an n. I do apologize Ross. I had you as a double t, not an n. Ross Wintle, who um who's want, wanted me to uh to try out his little tool and I have and I have to say I get I get a few tools mentioned to me each week, but I really, really, really did like this one. So I'm going to give it a quick plug. Um, It's called Turbo Admin. It's a Chrome extension and a Firefox extension, and I think possibly something else as well. So you install it into Chrome, and then whenever you go to your WordPress admin, you, you define a keyboard shortcut. In my case, I've got Control, Alt, Command, and P. So those really that's easy for me to get and up pops this little thing here and it's a bit like spotlight on your mac and i don't know if there's an equivalent on windows but a bit like alfred on the mac it pops up and you can then start typing so for example you could type in i don't know posts and anything to do with posts will come up and if you click on um i don't know all posts you'll go to all posts and if you type in i don't know custom something or other custom post type ui it might be take you to customize or whatever you type in plugins anyway the thing it just saves me so much time and it's not a plugin so you don't have to go around installing it on every website you stick it in the browser and any wordpress admin that you hit he says there's a few use uh, edge cases where for for reasons not yet discovered it doesn't work but in the vast vast majority it works i've tried it on every single website i've been to it immediately worked and also it's got this curious little idea where there's a toggle. One of the settings is you can. This is coming to the ad piece. You can you can click a button and it will make uh, ads dismissible, and I think it will make those dismissible kind of in perpetuity. So if if like some kind of notification comes up you can click a button and it will hide it from view into a special area i think it might be in one of the drop downs that you get at the you know on the right of the wordpress admin where you can drop down and all the different things appear it drops them into there so they've not gone they've just been put somewhere out of mind and it's a setting it's an experimental setting but it's well worth looking at it's there's a free plugin but the the browser extension i think is and I I really liked it, but I just thought I'd mention it in the context of um, the sort of hiding the ads. It's not getting rid of them. It's just putting them somewhere else, dismissing them from view. Uh, Taco?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I I haven't seen this tool before, um, but I'm definitely going to look into it because it sounds really useful, especially for our support team who's navigating like a ton of different sites uh, a day uh, and this could definitely speed up their workflow having this in the browser
0: yeah i'm gonna put the i'll put it in as a notification on the screen that's the url for it it's called turbo-admin.com it just seems like a really nice little endeavor and obviously in jen's case if she's flipping through hundreds of different websites over the course of a week and, yeah. uh, and you don't have to install anything in any of those 100 websites. It's just a really cool take on something which I would have thought was the realm of a plugin.
1: Yeah, it looks yeah. very cool. I'm going to take a look at this.
0: Yeah. Okay, good. All righty. So there we go. Uh, next piece. Let's do this. So this is right in the wheelhouse of two of our guests today, obviously. Sabrina is a speeding up websites expert. So lots to do with Core Web Vitals and Taco, obviously working for the Yoast team. So piece over on uh, Search Engine Journal. It's called, Good Core Web Vital Score Scores Won't Improve Indexing. Now, th- first of all, I don't know if that's true. Second of all, I kind of assumed it was com- completely true. Web Vitals had become totally crucial to how you in. Index. That felt like message that's been banged on again and again and again for the last 18 months or more, that if you don't take care of core web vitals, your search engine rankings will be usurped by people who have made the efforts to speed up their websites and all of the different bits that we don't really need to go into. Um, but essentially, it comes down to the fact that, well, apparently not, because you've got experts from Google, the likes of John... Mueller, I think is how you pronounce mm-hmm. his name, saying that potentially not as catastrophic as it looks. I don't know if Google's kind of walking something back here or or if everybody just intervened mm-hmm. in a few months, but it seems like ranking factors and quality factors are two completely separate things which I didn't know. so I'm going to toss the ball towards Sabrina and see where she see what she does with it.
2: Yeah, I think it's just the confusion of terms. This is uh, this is uh, just separate things: Uh, indexing and ranking uh, and quality of the website. uh, They're just different things. I'm thinking about the example. All right, so here is a blank page with nothing on it. It's going to pass all core web vitals. It's going to be fast. There is no information there there is no valuable information to user so it's passing but the quality of this page so it's passing it's fast the quality of this page is no quality there is nothing there right so this is like an extreme example uh you can have the fastest page ever but it has no no value in it at all so and also the other thing that they're saying it's not not going to impact indexing um So when there is a new page and new website published, Google comes and uh, take a look at it, right? And it it. and if it finds it uh, useful and the information valuable, it will come again. If it's really useful and really valuable and it's visited, it will come again often, not to miss the updates that you're getting on your website. So the more quality content you have, the more people are, the better, way people are behaving on your website what does mean better way if they interact with the website if they stay on the website if they do something like uh, that is considered to be the designed actions all these uh, user user centric uh, things so if user behave in a good way on the website Google will come often will come regularly not to to provide the the newest information in indexing but core web vitals won't and they were they never stated they are affecting this process they were stating that core web vitals are eff- affecting ranking process so once google got to know that there are some information on the website now it's the, it's uh, the next step is to rank this information against uh, against others so core web vitals was impacting the ranking thing not indexing thing and also i think with because I, I I know that I told this millions of times in each my my uh, public speaking or anything, but there are so much um, information about this. People are just getting lost uh, and just forget that ranking factor means ranking factor. man of all others ranking factors speed is not something that take you from from bottom to to the top automatically you have the content on your website you have uh, the, the value that your website provides. So even in in ranking thing, core web vitals are just a part of user experience, and user experience is just uh, a part of all ranking factors. So there is a pool of ranking factors. Some of them are devoted to user experience, and a part of user experience is speed. It's just a small part of the entire pool of ranking factors. But because we talk about this this so much, it looks like the only speed can substitute everything. But it cannot. It's just, uh, it's just a silly idea. It's just a silly idea to, to think that once you make your website fast, you're done. That's it.
0: That's right. But I think you've hit the nail on the head for me, at least anyway, Sabrina, is that the last 18 (laughs) months have felt like there's we've talked about very little else and it's become of key importance. You know, everybody's been going on about it. All these SaaS tools have popped up so that you can measure different things. And, you know, I'm sure that Yoast has had a great push to make this sort of stuff understandable. But it does feel like it's kind of got consumed that Core Web Vitals became everything. And and the annoying thing with all things Google and ranking and SERPs and all of that is that we just don't know. We have no real understanding of what that jigsaw looks like, which piece is bigger you than giving another. Are some hints? Yeah. Sorry, say just- again.
2: Uh, they, they're giving some hints, what matters, what not. Yeah, and speaking about ranking factors, just last week, uh, one of the clients, I, I was telling them, "All right, guys, you have no descriptions. You have that many text, uh, text uh, archive pages on your website, and there is valuable content there. Write unique descriptions for those pages and use them to bring new, new, new visitors to your website through archive pages as well." So I'm telling them, "All right, you have to write unique descriptions and unique titles uh, for your archives, maybe." With some unique content for that archives pages, so not only single posts but archive posts will be bringing uh traffic to, to their website. And they're all right, we'll do that, but how fast it's loading? We are very concerned how fast it's loading. I'm like, guys, you have to slow down. There, there is no real content on your website. If, if it's if those pages are fast, it would change nothing because there is no actual content there that would that Google would consider valuable thing for users,
0: yeah. Yeah. Am I
2: right, Taco? Yeah. Does, it, does it happen a lot?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm. Uh, the only thing that I hear in the back of my head is, "What can we do to hire Sabrina?" Because she's saying all the right things. <laughs> nice, Sabrina. But, oh, you job offer. It's the first. <laughs> yeah. No. This is absolutely this, a hundred percent true. And and there's little I can add to this. Um, uh, as said in the article, core web vitals is a ranking factor. But more importantly, by having the title this way, uh, people see it as an excuse. So, oh, wait, so I don't have to bother about (laughs) Core Web Vitals, which is obviously the the wrong take on the entire um, topic because Core Web Vitals is important because it's measuring quality of your page, it's measuring um, the, the quality for your users. Because if you go to a page and it starts loading and you start reading and all of a sudden everything is pushed down like half your screen, it is bloody annoying. <laughs> and that's exactly what Core Web Files saying, don't have that content shift because that's stupid and it will annoy your visitors. So. If you use this article as an argument, not to care, not caring about right. core web vitals, you're doing it wrong because you're not understanding what um, John Mueller was saying, and that goes for pretty much everything in SEO. Where, as Sabrina said, it's so many small things that make up the whole. Um, one of the examples by a colleague of mine. Um, name you may have heard before, O. Alderson, he says, does your topography have a huge impact? Probably not. The color of your logo? Probably not. Whether you have valid HTML? Probably not. If there are typos in your content? Probably not. But if you add all of that up, right. and all of that is slightly off, it's a horrible experience. And this SEO is... Um, or should be approached holistically. Mm -hmm. So all of the little bits should work to your advantage. And Core Web Vitals should work to your advantage. And it's not the single most important ranking factor, Mm -hmm. but it's a very small piece of a very large puzzle. So yes, everything Sabrina said.
0: Honestly, Sabrina, job offer on the show, fantastic. <laughs> uh, the um, just put a few comments in here. So um, uh, here we go. WP roadmaps. It's Beth again. Um, first of all, she said, really, she's been touting. She she fell into that trap. It sounds like she's been touting it as being like super super important, the core web vitals thing. Um, and she says so. It's like a hierarchy. Speed is part of. Core Web Vitals and Core Web Vitals is part of user experience, which is one ranking factor. Is that correct? The answer I'm guessing from both Taco and Sabrina would be yes, that is correct. Um, kind of like this comment from Peter Ingersoll. Hello, Peter. I always tell everyone who will listen that all the effort put into trimming, trimming microseconds is much better used for getting the basics right and creating good content. So, yours, yeah, so content first, then do the do the micro microsecond shaving uh, a little bit later. And it oh. uh, seems like you've got some sort no, of other really. work offer, really. Sabrina. <laughs> Beth wants you to talk to her students about this. So, uh, Sabrina's going to be very, very busy. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I totally get why, because the press has been covering it. I mean, even like the normal press, the actual normal press in my country has been talking about Core Web Vitals and the impact that it's had. And when that. Oh, really? Oh yeah, like not so much now, but eighteen months ago, that the usual sort. Like you opened the newspaper and there's the a normal of paper references. had things about oh my it. Oh yeah. And at that point, it starts to feel like that's the only thing, because they're never talking about this stuff normally. And all of it, you know, there were articles. Don't get me wrong; it wasn't kind of like it was during the sort of Brexit period. You know, I don't think it ever <laughs> beat Brexit to the headline, but it was there. It was in the paper, so it was kind of interesting. Um, right. Let's move on. Let's deal with another one. We're running short of time. So we're going to have to curtail the amount of time we spend on these. First of all, this quick one, uh, Google again. Um, uh-huh. And this time the right to be forgotten. It's uh, search engine journal once more. And just, I don't want to go into this article too much. I actually just want your opinions because I have not really got time to discuss all of the bits and pieces in there, but I just wanted to gather what your thoughts were on this in where I am, that is to say the jurisdiction I'm in, the UK, I'm still not that sure what my rights are in terms of phoning Google up and saying, look, can you expunge me from the internet, please? I don't want to be discovered for some ludicrous thing that I did when I was 14 or a photo that somebody put up with me in it and I didn't consent to it being on the internet. My my personal take is that given given the fact that You know, I'm just an ordinary citizen. You know, I'm not a politician and my decisions don't actually impact other people's lives. I kind of feel that I should be allowed to phone up Google, Bing, whoever it may be, and say, I want all of it gone, please. And I'd like it to be done in, I don't know, 60 days or some reasonable amount of time. What are your thoughts? Does it concern you? Solid example for me is I don't put any photos of my children online, not ever, not once, never. The thinking behind that is, what if they regret it? What if there's just that photo where, I don't know, they've just got that weird smile and they just look a bit embarrassing or, or who knows, you know, they were young and they were running around on the beach and had less clothes on than they probably would do when they're 18, for example. And I just think that's their decision to make. They can stick as many pictures as they like on when they're in that, in that age group. They can do as much embarrassing stuff as they want. But I don't want it on there so that they don't have to be faced with that. And I feel it's important that we shouldn't have a lasting record of ourselves online forever that we don't authorize. As as Jen's not spoken for a bit, can we go to you, Jen? What do you think?
1: Sure. Well, let's just say I'm really, really glad that when I was in my early 20s, Instagram did not exist.
0: Right, (laughs) right.
1: I'm so, so incredibly glad of that, as there are many parties that I am So glad there are no cameras (laughs) to have ever recorded them. Right. Um, But I live in the United States. I happen to live in the uh, national capital region, which means the area around Washington, D.C., which is where all of the three-letter agencies for the U.S. are stationed, which means I know that I have absolutely no rights to privacy um, (laughs) because they're I'm in mean, the U.S. They don't exist. We have giant bunkers being built out west to store data on all of us. Um,
0: and am so, I right in saying that you, gen, you literally in the United States, that there is no, there is no law that you can turn to 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 ask for this to be there, done? Because from the, my, from what, yeah, you carry on. In sorry.
1: in the U.S., the basic one is that while there is freedom of speech. There is not freedom of defamation, so you can't go after and defame people. So generally, the only right to try to get someone to take something down about you is to go the course of defamation.
0: Right which is not what a lot of people are going to be willing to do. There was a really nice example in the, in the piece here, and it was basically saying, imagine you'd committed a crime, I don't know, you're 20 years old, and you commit a crime, and you end up in prison, and you serve your time three, four, five years, whatever, then you come out, and you have a clean sheet for forever after that. You, you really not are. Not in the States. You, no, you, but, but I'm saying, you imagine <laughs> that you are that model citizen. You, you genuinely are just not the kind of person anymore that's going to commit that crime. You show up to the job interview, Somebody does a quick Google search based upon your name, and it's like, sorry, we can't possibly, because look what you did. And that just seems, it's not very forgiving, is it? I see you're nodding your head, Taco. I don't know if you share my thoughts on this.
3: Yeah, so I I do think that is absolutely problematic, especially, um, as Jen just said, we're I mean, I'm with you that I'm so happy that not every stupid thing I did in my 20s um, were caught on camera because the quality of cameras was, well, as far as they existed on phones, not enough to be able to recognize, be recognized. Um, But for my kids who are now five and two years old, by the time they will be in their teens, Or in their 20s, everything they do will be caught on some camera. I mean, every doorbell has a camera. Every house has a camera. Everyone's phone has a camera. Everything is listening all the time. What if they made a stupid mistake? Let's do something stupid like shoplifting. They're caught, 14 years old, put online because, you know, they shoplifted. And then... 30 years later, they're not able to get a job. I think that the right to be forgotten is becoming more important now that we have more ways of recording people and recording every single thing they do, uh, which is why the, the US example makes me so sad because this is going to affect at least one but possible multiple generations that are caught in between. And that's why I think the GDPR and the right to be forgotten are such a good thing.
0: Mm, yeah, interesting. It uh, was a quick comment here before Sabrina chips in from Beth again. i she changed the name there. There we go. Um in the US, you can't get a job at forty if you had a DUI. I don't know what a DUI is, um at eighteen. Uh, but...
1: uh drinking while driving.
0: Oh, okay. So you were caught having too much alcohol in your blood, um, at eighteen years and even at the age of forty, some, you know, twenty two years later, that would still yes be enough of an impediment for you to get a job Hmm.
1: in the u.s uh juvenile records so anything that qualifies as a juvenile offense which sometimes people are technically under 18 but still tried as an adult um in the u.s so juvenile is sealed but once you're 18 everything you do will haunt you for the rest of your life okay convicted of it in the u.s
0: literally if you were 18 years and one day and committed the same crime as he, a day before you, that would haunt you forever. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, it's terrible. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's just a fascinating subject. Cause obviously when I was a kid, I mean, there were, there were computers more or less, nobody had them. There was no surveillance. Uh, you know, there were no cameras anywhere. There was nothing like that. There was just people talking to each other and writing things with pens and paper. And it is, it's a cause for concern. Sabrina, what are your thoughts on this?
2: I completely agree on everything that you guys just said, except of one thing. If I vote for politician or something like this, if it's a public person, I don't want their records to be forgotten. I have I don't know how it can be solved, but I think it's a different thing when you're like like you said, Nathan, regular citizens citizen and when you're um politician for example we don't want that information we, we want to know whom we are voting for we don't want to have information just being erased because people uh, because person doesn't feel comfortable presenting it to public you're already making yourself public by going for election or something so I don't know maybe if everyone has the right to take it away from internet but if you try uh to to be elected for some public role, you have to present the the cases when you ask to take something away or something like this to make it uh, public backwards. Maybe maybe some sorts of this might work.
3: Yeah, well, I, I, do, I, I do I do know don't what you mean. Sorry, you. I I don't agree with you because even a politician, um, although they are. are obviously a more public figure than most of us is still a basic you is is a human being and makes mistakes in their teens and in their 20s and even then um they have the right to have that well um underage drinking is the example that passes in in the uh, comments um but they have the right to have that part forgotten because it's been 10 20 30 years ago and no longer relevant uh, obviously if it goes for big crimes if someone robbed a bank and is later trying to become like the minister of finance yeah that might be problematic but that's a different story than especially the small misdemeanors the
0: yeah, I, I guess the other area where this may be a cause for concern is where you are simply not not guilty as charged. But, you know, the the that Google keeps uh, a lovely permanent record of all the press uh, coverage up to the acquittal. And, you know, there's no smoke without fire. So look at all these things that they were being accused of. Well, actually, hang on a minute. Go forward one year and you'll find that they were acquitted and it was all made up. But your reputation is tarnished. Uh, online, uh, your job could be lost. You, you know, and these these days, it really does seem it's as simple as writing a a, a, a poor tweet, and you can be ruined forever. You know, and uh, I don't know. Forgiveness maybe is the word that we want to want to look at here. Right, we are in a rush. Let's move on a little bit. Da, da, da. First things first. Fly. This was brought to my attention by Jen. Jen. It's called. Uh, we designed a more inclusive flywheel. I I I would like you to tell us why we're why we're looking at this today.
1: Yes, so I happen to have noticed this because I have a number of uh, websites on Flywheel, and I was like, "Wow, this backend is really a lot easier to use. Like things are just clearer. It's, wow, I can actually read all of the buttons. This is great." <laughs> So then I noticed that they had that also on their blog and they had published what they did. And they did a short little, uh, uh, I don't know what, what it was called, but they did a little sprint of and fixed a lot of their issues. And they made their buttons significantly easier to read. They made links significantly more obvious. It just became a whole lot easier for me as someone with perfect 2020 vision to use their website. And so I just wanted to point out that it was a really lovely point that doing some accessibility can really benefit everyone and it doesn't always have to be a earth shattering undertaking.
0: So this is the UI once you're inside, but also their blog, their public facing blog, they've they've gone in and they've looked at it from an accessibility point of view. And that's something that you're very, you're really into that, right? So yeah. you're just pleased that, ah, okay. Um, you can find the piece. It's called We Designed a More Inclusive Flywheel. It was published on the 8th of February. Um, Mikey, Mickey, Mikey Chaplin uh, on the Get Flywheel blog. Uh, okay, let's see what else we've got. What's this one here? I, I'm not missing this one, Taco. Taco put a few pieces in, and because time's short, he said we can skip a couple of them so we will but i'm not skipping this one uh wordle press as if that hasn't already happened (laughs) wordle's taken over the universe i don't get it i really don't get it see it everywhere what's what have you what have you been doing taco what's wordle press
3: yeah so uh, a couple of weeks ago someone tweeted like we should have a um uh a wordpress version of uh wordle and, and <laughs> call it WordPress, and my mind immediately goes, hey, if this domain isn't taken, we should make sure that it stays available to the WordPress community. So um, I registered the domain. And earlier, um, uh, I think this week, uh, some conversation happened on Twitter uh, asking for that. And this is made by Ross Wintle. Uh, oh, talks Ross, about from earlier. Um, and he uh, he had some time to play over the weekend, and said, "Okay, let g- let me give a first shot into what a Wordle press could look like." Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's it's a very interesting take uh, where you get to guess the uh, uh, the WordPress function that consists of four parts, um, and I've been playing with it for about. 30 minutes last night, and it's really hard.
0: I'm gonna obviously, you've got to be like, oh, 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 I've just renamed it, it should be called Nerdle Press. That <laughs> <laughs>
3: already exists. I think oh, um, is a um, is a uh, avid player of uh, Nerdle okay. Press. Okay, yeah.
0: so WordlePress, you can find it at wordlepress.netlify.app. I'm guessing if it carries on, it won't be staying there, but it's, it says, stupid, very early prototype, very in italics. This is a Wordle type yeah. game. It gives you a new random p- puzzle on page reload. You have to guess a WordPress core PHP function name <laughs> that has <is> less <laughs> than four parts, e.g. WP underscore de- get underscore attachment underscore image. The score logic isn't quite right yet, but. <laughs> It's great. So you go in and you've got to guess what these functions are. So you've got to know your WordPress. Actually, this is kind of a fun little thing for those people who are learning WordPress. You know, at the end of right, a, you know, just to a fun learn. little way of figuring and it imagine,
2: out. Imagine, imagine there is a link to 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 what this function does and to arguments and everything. Yeah,
0: I like yeah, it. Yeah,
3: so um, it will eventually live on uh, WordPress.com, um, but Ross wasn't quite ready to put it out. That publicly, so I'm sure he's gonna hate me for putting it on the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's so much fun. If you, and uh, even if you uh, have no idea about WordPress functions, go to developer.wordpress.org, look up the functions, and you can just try them, uh, try pieces of it, and and it will still be hard.
0: That's cool, um, WordPress dot netlify dot app is where it's currently living and uh and if you liked the discussion we had earlier about ross's uh turbo admin there's a link by the looks of it at the bottom of that post as well which looks like it's there yeah. okay what else have we got what's this one this is you sabrina don't want to miss this one was this you sabrina the yeah. images yeah. yeah
2: it was me um yeah, I think that this is a very neat article by Konstantin Koshavin, uh about uh, the server-side tool, to, uh, tool to generate WebP images. So usually we use something like ShortPixel or Imagify to generate yeah. WebP images on our website. And then we need to either add uh, rules to HTXS to make redirection, right? But it never works because no one, no one is using... Very few people are using uh, uh, Apache server right now, uh, most of them using uh, Nginx. So the other option is to enable JavaScript replacement, which doesn't usually work properly um, because WordPress is so such a modular system. And then when this uh, parts of content uh, are replaced, something there are lots of chance something goes wrong. Anyways, the best way to do this, to generate WebP images and to add rules into your Nginx uh, configuration file. That's what everyone usually does. But there is another thing there. When you add rules to Nginx configuration file, uh, it's not super easy and also you have to contact your, your host and uh, there might be not uh, m- modules might not be enabled or something like this. Anyways, and this is a tool that you can use if you're using something like uh, DigitalOcean or you have your hmm. droplet elsewhere. You can use this tool to generate WebP images for free without subscription because a lot of services are Paid subscriptions right now. You are generating them for free on your server and then you serve uh, images in WebP format. It, it does more than that. It does more than just serving uh, images in, in WebP. It compresses them. It resizes. There are you. You, you can put a lot of uh, arguments there, but the main thing is WebP because uh, I, um, it's um, caught my attention because usually you pay for generating webp and this is a free thing and easy to use thing so you just install it on your if you're already using droplet you are installing it on your server and uh, you get it for free isn't that nice
0: yeah that is nice and you're right i do pay for a service that would do that i never use them yet i'm still caught in that it's not 100 so i'm still in that kind of it's 95 percent so i'm still using pngs and jpegs and things like that i haven't quite made the made the gap yet but yeah free is always good so you can find that on the sailed.io blog it's blog.sailed.io it's called optimize images and serve webp yeah so the
2: tool is called uh, image proxy what it does it's actually just proxying the images it creates webp version and uh, proxying the requests to the images it works very nice and Perfect. because it's server side and not and not based on JavaScript, obviously it's more performance. It's faster. Hmm.
0: Very nice. Very very. Um,
2: nice. Another thing, short pixel, for example, it hosts the images when you generate a uh, webp. It hosts it elsewhere, so you are making another request to their server. their yeah. uh, yeah. s- Server. And this is hosted on your very own server. No no outbound requests. Nice benefit as well.
0: Very good, thank you very much. I think we're I think we're done. We're certainly done in terms of time. We've gone over a little bit. I do apologize to the the three guests, Taco, and Sabrina, and Jen. Very nice to have you on uh, once again. Really enjoyed having you here. I hope you'll all come back and um, and do it all again at some point in the future. Um, we're at that part of the show, Jen. I'm sorry you won't know about this where we've got to do the awkward wave because I always get people to wave so that we can use this as the album art. So if we could all, yay, and the awkward wave is over. Thank you so much. We'll be back this time. You can stop now, Sabrina. <laughs> She's just <laughs> keeping <laughs> on waving. We can, um, we'll be back this time next week with a different panel of guests talking about WordPress, though. And so until then, thank you, Taco. Thank you, Sabrina. And thank you, Jen. Really nice to have you on. Thank you for hosting,
2: hosting, Nathan. You're welcome. It was lovely to be here. Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.